I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. I'll be here Sunday morning. Pastor will be here Sunday morning. He's going to preach on healing. And he's not going to leave until he feels released. That might take a while. So you need to get prepared for that. Brother Ellie, you all right? Staying here for a little while? Sunday morning you'll be here with? Okay. Found that only fitting. It seems like when you're really going through something, that's when you can really, really find find who you are in Him. Hallelujah. And they, uh, Brother Winters. Brother Winters is at Brother Abernathy's tonight. Uh, I, I don't know. He's going somewhere Sunday morning, and he's going to be back with us Sunday night. So Pastor will do Sunday morning, and then Brother Winters will be back. Sunday night. So just come this weekend. It's going to be a good, a good weekend to be, be faithful and be at church. But I'm expecting, look at your neighbor and say, something's going to happen Sunday morning. Healing. Somebody's going to be blessed and touched and changed Sunday morning. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that in Jesus' name. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by. Anybody need a word tonight? And I need a word. Brother Horton, come and give us a word tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated for a moment if you would like. Thankful to be here this evening when Pastor contacted me about 1230 or abouts. He explained to me the situation. And let me preface things by saying I know it's not my mother, but I know who my Jesus is. And as I meditated and as best I could seeking after the Lord this afternoon the Lord had spoken to me on Sunday night and I normally when he does that I think well pastor will be asking me to minister in the next week or two it's usually the way it goes the Lord will give me a, a word sometimes it's on a Sunday night sometimes it's through the week but I know coming and little did I realize that what the Lord gave me Sunday night would be for tonight. Uh, I really hadn't done much with it, but I, I, I make no apologies. The Word of God stands on its own. But when he, when he told me of the diagnosis, and, and obviously he, he was and, and is upset, and that, that's to be expected. When I got the phone call, my mother called me and told me about my dad. Doctors had had said that he had a year without treatment and three years with treatment, and he lasted six weeks. Now, I'm not saying that Sister Hill, the elder Sister Hill, has got six weeks. I believe the Lord is going to heal her. I believe that the Lord is, is the diagnosis is designed to display the greatness of Jesus Christ. I believe the diagnosis is designed to display the power of Jesus Christ. I believe that in the midst of it all, God will get glory. But I understand this, that we all go through things. I understand that we uh, have to endure certain things. And I realize that we fight battles, and those battles sometimes seem monumental. And indeed, at times they are. I have been studying a little bit about the three mighty men of David. David had 33 captains. He had 33 
mighty men that he depended on, but there were three, Brother Jonathan, that stood head and shoulders above the others. Uh, they all were great men of valor, but there were three, Brother Doug, that stood above the rest because of what they did. They loved their king. They didn't care about their lives, and they took on insurmountable odds and stared death in the face and laughed at death and came out victorious. And they were monumental in their establishing themselves with David. And the church, we as the body, is a time for us to step up and to pray and expect good things and expect a miracle. Uh, to expect the Lord to do something. And I'm telling you, if you haven't been down in this place where that you were facing something that was devastating, where you were facing something that, that just really got right next to your heart, it will come. And if you will stand with me tonight, I, I want to, just for a few minutes, this would be for pastor in absentia, but also for everyone that is here, because I have needed this myself. And we'll probably need it again. Matthew, the 14th chapter, a portion of Scripture that we have all heard preached from. We have heard, we have read it. Perhaps if you were a Sunday school teacher, you have talked about it in your Sunday school class. Matthew, chapter number 14, and beginning in verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. They didn't have any idea how he was getting to the other side. They just did what he told them to do. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. Well, the wind was contrary, worked against them, wasn't cooperating, battling them. It was causing them problems. And in the fourth watch of the night, somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he, Jesus, said, You'll notice there's no explanation point after the word come. It was just a very simple come. Peter, Jesus, if that's really you, you tell me to come on out there. Come. Jesus, the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing and, and the ship is in turmoil. If it's really you, tell me to come. Come. And Peter answered him. I'm sorry, let's read on down. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, 
he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou, did thou doubtest? In Second Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I want to preach to you tonight, teach to you, talk to you, whatever you want to want to consider it. Quiet voice in a noisy time. A quiet voice in a noisy time. Turn around, and shake somebody's hand. You're glad to see him in the house of God. Not glad, don't lie. You can be seated. We live in a very noisy society. I, I think I shared with you some weeks ago that at, at my place of employment, there at the sales tower where I sit, there are three televisions. There is one on either wall, and there's one behind us. And sometimes, Sister Davis, they turn those things up, and they get loud. And part of my job is I'm on the telephone, I'm talking to people, I'm I'm inquiring, attempting to get them inside the door. I'm attempting to get information from them. And it becomes noisy, and I have learned to tone the noise out so that I can concentrate on what it is that I want to do. There are times that in inside the parameters of the workplace that it becomes very noisy, and, and people become loud, and they become boisterous, and, and it becomes distracting. We drive down the highway and you may have your air conditioning or your heat going and your windows rolled up and suddenly you hear the thump, thump, thump and the beat, beat, beat and the bang, bang, bang of somebody coming up behind you or you're coming up on somebody that has got their radio turned up so much their windows are rattling and the rust on their car is being rattled off of the car because it's vibrating the car so much. We live in a noisy society. We live in a society where people are talking about the, the, the miracles of medicine and the miracles of man and all the things that are around and they talk about their problems and their dilemmas and yet nobody wants to talk about the goodness of God. Nobody wants to share with you about the greatness of God. We look around and we see people as they are in misery and all the noise of the unbelief and all the noise of the doubts and the fears and all the things that are there. And yet in the midst of it all, there is a God that speaks quietly unto you and I that tells us, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to see you through. And in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your dilemma, in the midst of your problems, I am going to tell you, come and step out, and I will see you through. We find that the disciples here, they had been obedient again as we stopped for a moment and we talked about the fact that Jesus told them, go on to the other side, I'll see you over there after a while. They had no idea how he was going to get there. And I, I, I can remember back in my life over the years many times uh, that there have been those that I have been in contact with, uh, that they went through hard places and hard times, and yet the voice of God would come and say, go on ahead, I'm going to meet you on the other side. Uh, I 
I'm going to make sure that you get to where it is that I want you to get to. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to sell you short. I'm not going to leave you in the midst of the storm all by yourself. You just go on. You just do what you know to do. And I'll be there to meet you on the other side. I'll get to that place where it is that I want you to go. And I've watched as people that were diagnosed with terminal diseases. I have watched with people that were diagnosed with things that the doctor said, we can't do anything about it. You're just going to have to deal with it. That one day the Lord would speak a word and step on the scene. And suddenly the miraculous would begin to take place. Tumors would fall off. Cancers would disappear. Brains would be restored. Bodies would be made whole. Why? Because there was a God that in the midst of the noise that came with a quiet voice and said, come. We walk by faith and not by sight. My late wife, oftentimes, she said, I don't see it. And I said, that's your problem. You're looking for something. you got to quit looking for it. And you got to start believing. you got to quit looking at the situation and the circumstance and begin to look past that. For the Bible tells us in the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews and in the second verse, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher. When I begin to look unto Him, I realize that as I'm looking to Him, I'm looking to the One that wrote the book. I'm looking to the one that wrote my life. I'm looking to the one that knows how it's going to end. And therefore, as long as I'm looking to Him, as long as my eyes are on Him, as long as I'm listening to the voice of that one, everything else doesn't matter. Quiet voice in a noisy time. They are. They're in the midst of the sea. And I, I'll, ju- I'll just tell you, my my sister-in-law, Katie, and I took our cruise. My sister-in-law said, you know, I can get you a deal. I can put you on a cruise to go to Mexico. And it'd be the same money. Actually, it'd be a little bit less. I said, that's great. I said, how long am I going to be on the water? She said, well, it's a day and a half over. And I said, nope, nope, not for me. She said, what do you mean? I said, I don't want to be not seeing the land for more than 15 minutes. Uh, somehow I got it in my head that if I can see the land, I can get there. Now, I, I, don't, I know that's not true, but in my mind, perception is reality. And she said, oh, there's so much to do. I said, there ain't that much to do on no boat. I'm going to tell you that right now. Never been on one, but I know there's not that much to do on that boat. And I'd get out there and there'll be a hurricane. Not when you're going, oh, there'd be one if I went. I promise you that. I know there'd be a storm, and I mean there would be one evermore. It'd be a class 47 hurricane. It wouldn't be one of them class three or fours. It'd be, it'd be the granddaddy of them all. I, I know. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. You can send me down to, 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 to the Bahamas, and I'll be on the water overnight, and it'll be all right, because I'll be asleep. But there's something about it. The disciples, here they are. They're in the midst of the sea. And everything is going along fine. Then all of a sudden a storm comes up. And here they are. They're in the midst of the sea. They're laboring. They're toiling. Everything is going wrong. The waves are crashing in. The wind is blowing. The the, the rain is beating down. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And they're afraid and they're fearful. And they're probably talking among themselves. Saying, why did Jesus send us out here? He said he would be with us. But where is he now? Here 
here we are in the midst of the storm. And then they see him. And he begins to talk to them. And he begins to let them know that we're going to make it. We're going to be there. I want you to know, my friend, regardless of what goes on in your life, regardless of what goes on in my life, Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he will, in the noisy time, come and speak to you in a still small voice. The scripture is replete with many, many references to the fact that men and women, they were in noisy times. They were in times where situations didn't look good. They were in times when it said it's not profitable to serve God. It's not profitable to do the will of God, Brother Jonathan. Just go ahead and do your own thing. It's not the right thing to do to be faithful to the house of God. Brother Anthony, just go ahead and do your own thing. It's not profitable to do what the Lord wants you to do. And we begin to read throughout the entire Old Testament of after opportunity after opportunity. We find that there in the land called Shunem, there was a little woman there that came and, she, and, and the Lord had spoken to Elijah the prophet. And he said, I want you to go down to Zarephath and there there will be a little woman. And I have told her to feed you. I have told her to take care of you. And so Elijah Elijah goes down, and there he finds this woman, and he begins to talk to her. And she said, listen here, son, all I've got left is enough meal to bake me one more little Pillsbury cake. And that's all i got left. And when that's done, we're going to die. And he said, listen, quit looking at the situation and start doing what you've been told to do. Friend, I'm here to tell you, whatever the Lord begins to tell you, when the Lord speaks to your heart, and when he begins to talk to you and tell you the will of God for your life. It's time to quit looking at everything else and begin to listen and listen to that still small voice that says I am going to make a way. I'll provide your every need. I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll do what needs to be done. I'll heal your body. I'll raise your dead. I'll provide your need. All you need to do is be obedient. The Bible says she baked him a cake Fuel barrel never ran dry. Cruise of oil continued to flow until the famine was over. But it was because she listened. Still small voice spoke to her. Find Elijah prior to that. He's in the mount. There, there comes an earthquake. There becomes a great storm. Comes the lightnings and the thunders. All these things. Knowing people... So the Bible said that these signs shall follow them. Believe. I realize that. Believe. I, I realize the Bible says that signs and wonders in the church. I, I understand that. But you know what? We don't, we don't live our lives based on signs. We don't live our Christian existence based on what we see. Remember, and pardon the personal reference, but I know me better than anybody. Remember a, fa- a, a fellow there in the prison. His name was Moody. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. He had a, had a tumor behind his right eye. Right eye bulged out of his head. Taking him to the doctor. The doctor said, you got a tumor back there, son. Big as a small grapefruit. We're going to have to take it out. If we can. 
came to service that night and he began he began to share with me. And I had seen him several times coming to service, Brother Jonathan, and that eye all swelled out. And he came to me that night and he said, Pastor, he said, I gotta have some surgery. This was in September, and he said, I gotta have some surgery and there's there's a tumor in there and they say it's as big as a small grapefruit and they're not sure if it's cancerous. They don't know what it is, and they're hoping they can get it out. And I said, I'm, I'm going to pray for you right now. Holy Ghost moved on me, and I said, and the Lord is going to take care of it. I said, there'll not be no tumor. He said, Pastor, if you say so. I said, nah, it's not me. It's the Holy Ghost telling you. I prayed for him. When they took him to surgery in January... He told the doctors, he said, now listen here, my prison pastor told me there won't be nothing there. He said, so don't be surprised. His eyes still bugged out. His eyes still all popped out of his head. Took him into surgery about an hour later, waking him up in the recovery room. That doctor's standing over him, Brother Anthony. He said, hey, 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 wake up and talk to me. He said, I opened my eyes, and he said, that, that doctor was staring me in the eyeballs, and he said, who was that man? He said, who was that man that told you we wouldn't find anything? He said, what are you talking about? He said, we went in. He said, I've got the x-rays. I've got the CAT scans. I've got every bit of evidence that says that it was there. He said, I've got every documentation and proof that not only I, but others had found it and said it was there. He said, we went in there and there was nothing to be found. He said, we couldn't find a thing in there. He said, I want to know, who was that man? He said, that was my prison pastor. And he told me the Lord said. And he said, that's good enough for me. That doctor said, well, he must know more about medicine than we do. Friend, I'm here to tell you it's the still small voice that the Lord speaks and begins to say it's going to be all right I'm going to provide I'm going to make the way I'm going to heal when the doctor says it can't be I'm going to show the doctor it shall be when the doctor says you can't be delivered watch and see what I do when I step on the scene it's going to be all together different Began to go through, find the three Hebrew boys standing at the gate of the fiery furnace. I said, King, listen here. We know one thing. We know who we believed in. I like what Paul said to Timothy. He said, For I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. They stood there and they said, King, listen here. We're not careful to give you no answer. We're not going to make no excuses. We're just going to tell you we're not bowing down. The devil will tell you you need to bow down to your fears. The devil will tell you you need to bow down to your your doubts. The enemy will tell you you need to bow down to common sense. The devil and the enemy will tell you you need to bow down to your feelings. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you don't have to bow down to anything other than Jesus Christ. For the Bible says that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow. And when I bow before him, he's going to speak a word. And when he speaks the word, the man that came to Jesus... And he said, Lord, if you'll tell them to get out, they'll get out. And he said, all right, I say, get out. And they were gone. Why? Because it only took a word from the master to change the course of an individual's life. Jesus goes everywhere that he passes by, tells people, heals them. 
tells one, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Tells another, go and show yourself to the priest. Goes and tells another, he said, this is what I want you to do. Take up your bed and walk. He said another, and he said, whether well, it's easier to say, my sins be forgiven thee, or take up thy bed and walk, you figure it out. Take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says it was just a simple, quiet thing that was done in the midst of a noisy time, in the midst of a turmoil and a tumult, when people were making all kinds of racket and noise, when there was doubts and fears on every side, when there were those things around that said, I just don't know. I tell you one thing. I know this, that my God shall supply my every need. I know this, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. I know this, that by whose stripes we were healed. I know this, that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. I know this, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, nay, even unto the end of the age. I know in whom I have believed, and I know He's going to keep thee. Jesus gets down, gets the word. Jesus, come down. Thy friend Lazarus, whom you love, sick. You know what Jesus did? See it? Lazarus is sick. Oh. Bring my ottoman over here, boys. Prop my feet up and rest a while. He said, well, Jesus, he said, Lazarus is sick. Now, he's asleep. Oh, oh, if he's sleeping, Jesus, that's good. He said, listen, you idiots. Pardon me. I know I have people tell me, you're rude, you're crude, you're, you're insensitive. Probably am. I'll, I'll take credit for that. Absolutely. I have a have an imagination. But I, I, I can see Jesus looking at them, Sister Kim, saying he's dead. You, you understand that? Dead. D E D dead. Put an A in there if you want. And they said, Oh, wait a minute. Four days go by. Jesus shows up. He gets down to Lazarus' house. They said, Jesus, if you've been here, if you've died. Jesus looked at him. And he said, He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I know. I ain't talking about the last day. Who I'm talking about right now. I'm here right now. You laid him. So they take him out. Oh, he's going. He's going to go down. He's going to show his final respects. Lazarus was an old guy. Well, I sure wish. Would have been nice if Jesus. He could have. He could have healed him. Everybody's chattering. All the background noise. He that healed the sick. He that did this could he not have 
raised Lazarus up, Jesus hears all the noise. He hears all the background. He hears all that junk that's going on around about him. And he gets down to the stone, to, to the place. And the Bible says he wept. He wasn't crying because he was sad because Lazarus was there and he hadn't been there. He was crying or weeping because of the fact there was so much unbelief and so much chatter going around. And the Bible says he looked at them and he said, roll away the stone. Now, wait a minute, Lord. He stinks by now. I don't care what you say. I don't care how bad you may think he stinks. I don't care how bad you may think this situation is. I don't care how hopeless you is. You may think it is. I'm here. I I am the resurrection and the life. There is nothing that is too hard for me to do. There is nothing that I cannot do. I don't care how long Lazarus has been there. I don't care how far the disease has progressed. I don't care how much skin worms he's got. I don't care how much decay is there. I'm going to bring him out. And I'm going to prove to you that I am the God of the dead and the living. And though you be dead, you now are going to live. And he speaks. Lazarus, come forth. And immediately, Lazarus comes out, bound, head and foot, with his grave clothes. Ain't no maggots hanging on him. Ain't no blue flies. Not no skin worms. Not no arm falling off. Not no rottenness on him. Not no stench on his body. He come up out of that grave, and Jesus said, "Loose him and let him go." Friend, I'm here to tell you tonight. In the midst of the law, in in the midst of all the noise, in the midst of all the doubts, in the midst of all the fears, in the midst of all the bad reports, in the midst of all the things that say can't be done, there is a God named Jesus that comes on the scene and said, "Just watch and see what I can do." I like what Jeremiah said when the Lord spoke to him, and he said, "Is there anything too hard for me to do?" Jeremiah said, "Ah, Lord God, there." There is nothing too hard for thee to do. I'm here to tell you tonight, ALS don't mean nothing to Jesus Christ. Cancer means nothing to Jesus Christ. Headaches mean nothing to Jesus Christ. Sickness means nothing to Jesus Christ. When he speaks the word, all he has to do is say, be gone, and it's gone. Quiet voice. A noisy word. Stand tonight. I want you to understand that in spite of what's going on in the Hill family, in spite of what's going on in the Davis family, in spite of what's going on in the Van Devener family, in spite of what's going on in anybody's family here in the house of God, there is a quiet voice. This speaks peace. Be still. There is a quiet voice. Then in the midst of the turmoil and the trial comes along and says, I've got it all figured out. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to see you through. I'm going to open a door that nobody can open. I'm going to do what the doctors can't understand. I remember, and I, and again, I'm, I'm just referring back to what I know, but I remember as a nine-year-old boy with encephalitis, and it was at, at an advanced stage, and the doctor looked at my mother and my dad and said, if he survives, there's 2% chance 
that he will. And if he does, he'll be a vegetable. Well, I may be nuts, but I'm not no vegetable. And I'm here to tell you there was a man of God that walked into that isolation ward where I was at. And he put on the clothing and the garb. And he walked in there. And he very gently laid his hand on my arm. And he said, now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. And let there be life. And let there be a restoration. And the next day, the doctor said, we're going to send him home. We have never seen anything like this in our lives. We don't know how it happened. We don't know what transpired. But we're going to send him home. The encephalitis is not there. The disease is not there. Why? Because there was a still, small voice that spake in the midst of the loud and noisy world. You're here tonight. Perhaps you're going through some hard times. Perhaps you're facing some things that just seem like it's drowning out the presence of God in your life. I invite you to come and pray. I'm here to tell you tonight, firsthand, that my Jesus always comes through. I'm here to tell you tonight, firsthand, that I've seen Him raise the dead. I'm here to tell you tonight, firsthand, I have seen Him restore the brain matter that had been removed, that an individual was unable to talk or to do anything and within 10 days was fully functional. And the doctor said, we don't understand. We have no explanation how this could have happened. It would have taken years of therapy. And yet within days you're restored. We don't understand. I have seen the Lord take the incurable disease. I've seen men come, be prayed for, hernias be vanished. I've seen them come in, liver failure. In the very last stages, get prayer. Go back to the doctor and say your liver is functioning at 95%. We don't understand how this could be so. I've seen them come. I've watched people come. I've watched them come with all kinds of things. In the midst of all the noise, there was a still small voice that said, Come, and I'll make you whole. Come. I'll deliver you. Come and I'll heal you. Everything's going to be all right. We look around today. We see the world in a mess. But I'm here to tell you tonight there is a God whose name is Jesus that does all things well. They said of Jesus, about the ninth chapter, I believe it is, the eighth chapter of the book of Matthew. They said, never a man spake like this man, for he doeth all things well. They couldn't understand it. I've heard the doctors, I've heard the reports. They came back and they shook their head and they scratched their head. and They said, I, medically I cannot answer how this would have happened. But I can tell you it has. I don't know how body has been restored but it has I don't know how everything changed in the period of an evening in the period of a moment but it has in closing tonight I want to share I heard brother Jeff Arnold preaching one night he 
said, I was at the because of the times. And there was a mother and a father and a little little five-year-old boy. He said he was about five, sitting on the front row. He said that, that little cat was all dressed up. He said he was all dressed up. He said he smiled the whole time I was preaching. He just there and smiled. And he said, when I gave the altar call, the Lord told me to go down and just to pray for that, that little guy. He said, I went down. He said, I scooped him up. And he said, he put his arms around me. And he gave me a hug. And I, I hugged him back. And he said, Jesus, I want you just to bless this little man. He said, I just said a little simple prayer. He said, I set him back down. And he said, I went on about my way. He said a little while later, he said, I heard the biggest commotion going on over where his mother and dad were. And he said, I, I didn't know what was going on. He said, in a, in a little bit, he said, they took the microphone down. They gave it to that mother. They said, we want you to tell everybody here what has happened. And she said, well, when my son was born, he was born with a half a brain. And said so the doctors said that he would never be normal. He would never be able to function. He would never really be at capacity. She said, but we believed that the Lord didn't give us him just so he could be that way. And she said, when Brother Arnold came over and said he, he picked up our little boy and our little boy reached to him. He said, and he prayed for him. He said, something happened. And he said, the mother said, this little boy now who couldn't talk, she handed him the mic. And he said, Brother Arnold, I love you. And he said, and I love Jesus. And the place just broke out in pandemonium because there were many there that knew this little boy had never spoken a word in his life. What had happened? There was a still small voice in the midst of all the noise that said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. When the doctor says no, Jesus says, yes. When the world says no, Jesus says yes. When the enemy says it can't be, Jesus says, watch it be so. When it goes against everything that we could understand, everything that we could believe, everything that we could comprehend, we understand this, that God is not bound by the things of this world, for God chooses to do what He wants to do. The one that created everything from nothing is the same one that can take this nothing and create everything. It's the same one that can take when my body is racked with pain, take the pain. He's the same one when the disease is riddling my body and say, no, no, not anymore. I'm going to take the disease away. Why? Because He has that power. He's the one with the still small voice that says, peace be still. Let's all pray together tonight. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for your goodness. Thankful for your grace. Thankful, Lord, for your mercy and kindness. Thankful tonight, Jesus, that you have 
called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Thankful tonight that you are the still small voice in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the dilemma. Jesus, I'm thankful tonight that just because the doctor would give an adverse report, it does not change your attitude nor your power. For God, you are well able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. We understand tonight that there is nothing too hard for you. We understand that you can raise the dead and you can heal the sick. We understand, Lord, that you're able to do everything and anything that you so desire. That, God, that though there may not be a limb, you're able to put another limb there. Though there may not be an eye, you're able to restore an eye. God, we believe tonight and know that you're able. And not only are you able, but you're willing and you are going to do. God, beyond what we can even begin to imagine. And we give you glory for it. I glorify you tonight for the miracles that are about to proceed. I glorify you tonight for the healings that are going to happen, that we are going to be able to glorify you and lift you up and say it was the hand of Jesus Christ that did such a thing. Lord, I give you glory right now knowing that you are the deliverer of all my diseases, that you are the healer of all my diseases, that you deliver me from every affliction. I'm believing you and giving you glory right now that you are the healer of every disease and of every affliction, that you are the one that will do everything and beyond what I can imagine. God, I give you glory right now. I magnify you knowing that you are God and God alone. Jesus, I believe tonight and I expect, even as we are here some three hours away from where the elder sister Hill is at, that you would right now envelop that family with a great peace and with love and let them hear that still small voice that says it shall be well. Let them hear and feel the anointing of your presence as you usher into that room and give them the assurance that you have got it all in control, that you're in charge, and that you have the final say so. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would give the help that is needed. I believe you. I glorify you tonight. I bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just all worship the Lord for a moment right now. Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks for what He is already doing. Give Him thanks for that which He is going to do. Give Him thanks for that which He is going to deliver from. Give Him glory for His power and His majesty. Give Him the glory and the honor that is due His name. Because He is a mighty God. He is an ever-present help. I bless you tonight. I bless you tonight. I know it shall be well. I know it shall be well. I know it shall be well. In Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you all tonight. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.